Thompson, founder of Treasured Ministries, and I want to welcome you to the Treasured Ministries podcast. Today on our podcast, we are kicking off what is going to be a three-part series to the issue of pornography. Um, And I was very motivated to do this because of the many women that have called in at Treasured Ministries asking for prayer because they are experiencing the hurt and the pain and the betrayal and the confusion that happens when you find out that your husband has fallen into the trap of pornography. And I want to welcome today a very special guest. He's Mr. Jeremy Wiles. Jeremy, how are you? Good. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for coming here. And Jeremy, why don't you tell your audience a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure, yeah. Um, So I'm living in South Florida. I'm a Christian filmmaker. And... um, when I was I'll give you a little bit of background information in my early 20s, I uh, set out on an adventure to search for Noah's Ark in eastern Turkey. Oh. And um, I spent about eight years looking for the Ark and gathering evidence of a great flood and traveled all over the world, living with tribes in the Philippines and India and China. Wow. And um, along that journey, uh, God started to stir in my heart um, this issue with pornography in the church. Mm -hmm. And my wife and I, I was newly married at that time, my wife and I um, set out on this new adventure, created a series for men to help them find freedom from pornography. And that was, uh, we completed that, I think, back in 2014. Awesome. That's quite a switch from <laughs> finding the ark to, I mean, that finding the ark or, or you know, the, the evidence of that probably would be easier than, than solving this pornography problem. But I have oh, yeah. to say, Jeremy, that the entire reason why we reached out to uh, your company, Kingdom Works, was because we have personally heard testimonies from women whose husbands have gone through the series that your company created called Conquer, and their husbands have experienced victory over pornography. And not only that, but the the marriages the marriage is stronger than it is um, before they went through this. And so, we wanted to do a podcast with you one to tell women that there is hope out there and. Uh, and that this series really is having an impact um, on on men. And in fact, we are um, the following podcast is going to be a story of a woman whose husband actually went through the Conquer series. Um, so, so yeah, so um, so we we definitely wanted to let women know about Kingdom mm-hmm. Works, about the Conquer series, and um, and and also to educate women on why this happens, how this Uh happens, and why it is such a a trap that that the enemy uses. Um, So 
can we talked about this a little bit before we started recording, but can can you get into the whys of it? Because I would think that a woman would think this is why did this happen? This is this is my fault. If I were only prettier, if I were only you know whatever, then then this wouldn't have happened. Yeah, that's the lie that the enemy tells them, mm-hmm. um, and it, it's easy to fall into that trap. Um, and it's amazing what's happening with the Conquer series. I've seen this thing go around now. It's gone into tens of thousands of churches. Over a million men have gone through the course. And my goal in creating it was not to talk about the problem, but to talk about solutions. Okay. And so um, most people don't know this, but this was a struggle that I had. And that was the reason I created the Conquer series. So it it was actually for very selfish reasons. Yeah. I created a course because it didn't exist Mm -hmm. so that I could find freedom. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so for women out there who are listening, who have husbands who are struggling with this, I can tell you with certainty and and absolute honesty that men can live free from porn. They can live with sexual integrity. And this doesn't have to be an issue that plagues your marriage. There is true freedom from that. Um, now when we got started in this project, what I quickly discovered was that there was a huge misconception that I had, um, which was there's something wrong with me. Um, I'm kind of messed up in a way. There's something wrong with my thinking, my identity. And the reason I was, it was the shame that I had in my life that caused me to think like this, but Mm -hmm. Um, the church didn't really help in that area because the church approach, the typical church approach has always been, well, if you have this issue, then obviously you're not reading your Bible enough. Mm -hmm. You're not praying enough. You're not being a good enough Christian. And Mm -hmm. if we can pray for you, you're just going to be delivered of this. And we don't, you won't have to talk about it or suffer with it anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that type of approach in dealing with this issue is actually damaging to the men oh, and wow. it's keeping the church, the men of the church stuck. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So what I learned in producing the series was that what starts off with a moral decision quickly becomes a brain problem. Okay. And there's a spiritual issue. There's a spiritual problem there too, but it is a brain problem. It exists in eight matters of gray matter mm-hmm. in your, in your brain. Mm-hmm. When I was in Dallas, Texas, filming an interview with uh, this scientist, um, he was a neuroscientist, and I went into his office, and he was scanning the brains of addicts. Mm-hmm. There were heroin addicts and drug addicts and um, um, healthy people there and not healthy people there. And they, he was scanning their brains, and we were looking at these uh, brain spec uh, images and I could clearly see the difference between a porn addict brain and a healthy brain. And he compared the porn addict brain to a heroin addict brain, and it was nearly identical. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that wow. most churches today would not tell a heroin addict, well, let's just pray for you and you'll be all better in the morning. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> Right. It's a process. You deal yeah. with this as a process. It took yeah. you many years to get there, and it's going to take you many years to get out. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
So, so, so you're wake up call. so you're saying that there's actually a rewiring of the brain that happens, and when you look at the pictures of a drug addict and somebody that um, is trapped inside of pornography, mm-hmm. there are um, there's similar changes to the brain that happen. Yeah, there it is nearly identical. It's very similar. And when when uh, a guy looks at those images, those neural pathways in the brain quickly become super highways in the brain. Okay. And now it's easier to access those thoughts. And that's why you can have a guy who's reading his Bible and he's checking out the waitress. It's like, how can you live in this dichotomy of you know, these two conversion worlds? Right. It's because he has a brain that's addicted to those images that he sees on the internet, uh-huh. but he wants to serve the Lord with his heart. Right. And so he's living in a living hell uh, wow. as an existence. And that's why in 1 Corinthians six eighteen it says, flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Well, you're sinning against your mind. So it's wow. literally changing the neural pathways in your brain and it's causing this deep-rooted addiction in your life. So then so then when it's that deep-rooted addiction and so then it it is the the way that it's similar to like a drug addict um mm-hmm. you your brain um is consistently molded and and thought you know, thought through with with the connected with the pornography or connected with the the drug, is that what you're saying? Yeah. So, if you're a drug user, you're you're injecting or taking drugs externally into your body, but your brain is like an internal pharmacy, and it's okay. open 24 hours a day. So, okay. When you have a sexual release, it re- it receives the highest level of endorphins and enkephalins. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, four times more powerful than morphine. And so if, if really? you're dealing with stress and anxiety mm-hmm. in your life mm-hmm. and you want something to medicate that pain, you can access those neurochemicals, that internal pharmacy, through your own your own drugstore, <laughs> so to say. Okay, okay. Yeah. So it's similar to um, to medicating through drugs, the the pornography, Absolutely. and yeah. then and then your brain is is addicted to that reward cycle, and Absolutely. and when you're saying that a man can be reading his Bible, but then that image pops up, is that is it is it that the the image is just like it's wired into the brain? It's wired in, into the brain, but it can be okay. re- unwired or renewed. Okay. And so the, the brain is neuroplastic. Right. And it can be molded and transforming through God's word, and it, but it takes structure to do that. Okay. And so what happens often is we see guys who want to just do it on their own. And, well, mm-hmm. I got myself into this issue, and I can get out, and... I'm just mm-hmm. going to use willpower and, and stop this. But it, that's kind of like doing brain surgery on yourself. Right. You need someone who can help you in that battle. Because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. guys who try to do this alone, they just don't succeed. And then so so what you're saying is that the shame that the church 
um, that that atmosphere causes inside of church because they say, well, just pray for this or, or whatever. Yeah. Or with, um, you know, with even um, teenage boys, you know, they hear don't, don't, don't. Um, mm-hmm. So then there's no help. There's no accountability that people are getting because they're just trying to hide it and trying to handle it on their own. Is that accurate? It's accurate. And what happens is it deepens that addictive cycle that they're in Uh because men who are struggling in this area, they go through a cycle of, of uh, acting out and then promising that they'll never do that again. That will actually, when they come out of acting out, they feel this deep shame Mm-hmm. Then they then they uh, promise that they'll never do it again, and then a, a few days, weeks, months later, they're back in a very stressful environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they had a fight with their wife, or mm-hmm. something happened at work, mm-hmm. and now they need this uh, release uh, to get that kick again. Mm-hmm. And so they medicate this this pain that they have in their life, mm-hmm. this sense of worthlessness. And they go back to what made them feel good. Mm. And then they go right back into the cycle. They feel shameful again. Mm-hmm. They promise they'll never do it. And, you know, that's uh, returning to their vomit, so to say. Wow. So, so, so then what are, what is the solution to that? Because it seems to me that with the pornography out everywhere, how do you, how do you break it? What are, what are mm-hmm. some of the solutions that the Conquer series walks men through? Well, it's not just one thing, and we've been upfront with guys as they go through the Conquer series. They think that oh, I can just go through this ten week course and uh, I'm going to come out porn free. Well, you should come out sober, but you're going to still have real temptations. And the break, it takes about two to five years to renew the mind. Oh, wow. And so it's not an overnight fix. Yeah. And that's how most churches are dealing with it. You know, let's pray it away. Mm-hmm. So we've laid out um, kind of a toolkit that men use to live free from porn. And a big part of that, um, I would say one of the big things, is to they've got to go back to what's the root, you know, what's causing this, mm-hmm. where did this come from? Mm-hmm. And for a lot of men, they have, um, wounds from their past uh-huh. that were implanted er- at an early age. And at that age, they've found a way to medicate that pain and that and to survive as a child. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so they carry that in through the rest of their life. And it just became a way to medicate the pain in their life. And so we walk them through um, accessing that wound and processing it and and talking it through in in accountability and dealing with it head on. And we don't have to be defined by our past. We don't have to live in our wounds, but we at least have to know what has wounded us so that we can move past it. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of these men are just stuck. I would say 90 mm-hmm. plus percent are stuck because of the wounds of their past. They have mm-hmm. you know, a father wound or a traumatic wound of some sort, whether it's mm-hmm. sexual abuse or mm-hmm. of that nature. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's helping them to deal with that wound. And usually where you're wounded, you create a, a limbic lie. And the limbic system is a part of the brain that uh, is your survival brain. 
And um, it also is, is the part of the brand that, that uh, it's your reward center as, as well. Okay. And so in the front of your brain, it's called the prefrontal cortex. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, it's your executive reasoning. It's where you make good moral decisions. And deep into your brain is your limbic system. And your limbic system um, is way more powerful than your prefrontal cortex. And so, like, if you're walking through the woods and you think that you see a snake in front of you and you jump back, what was your limbic system that helped you survive in that moment? And mm-hmm. so you jump back from the state, the snake, and then you realize, oh, it's just a stick. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. took that amount of time for your prefrontal cortex to register to reason and say, oh, that's not a danger. That's just a stick. So your, your limbic brain is so much more powerful. But that's also where wounds register. Oh, so wow. if you're wounded as a child, mm-hmm. you're wounded in your limbic brain. Mm-hmm. And now you're going to learn to survive and, and, and deal with those wounds in a way that you can medicate those wounds. Um, I heard this story about this young boy named Mike who had a fascination for pigeons and he grew up in a very broken family mm-hmm. and when he was around two years old his father abandoned the family and his mother and his siblings moved from Brownsville to Brooklyn in New mm-hmm. York which is which at that time was a neighborhood known for its really high crime rate mm-hmm. and um, he was often the target of bullying mm-hmm. but he found peace in raising pigeons Mm-hmm. And one day while he was handling his pigeons, a group of other boys showed up and they just started trouble. And mm-hmm. one of the boys who was much bigger than Mike grabbed one of his pigeons and he yelled, hey, give me back my pigeon. Mm-hmm. And the, the boy said, OK, you want it back? Sure. And he ripped the head off of the pigeon. He threw his, this lifeless body of this bird back oh, at Mike. And, yeah. Well, young Mike just lost it. And he went after this kid and just really beat him up. Yeah. And it was at that moment where he was wounded that Mike said he'd never let anyone treat him like that again. Uh-huh. And he would never be bullied. And a limbic mm-hmm. lie said in his soul. And so people who hurt me, I'm going to hurt them first. And so his heart filled with anger. And as, as he grew up, he was arrested over 30 times, convicted of rape, and spent years in prison. Mm-hmm. And that little boy, Mike, went on to become the heavyweight boxing champion of the world. And Mike Tyson, still to this day, oh, raises wow. pigeons. Wow. And I don't think you have to be a clinical psychologist to realize Mike has struggled with anger issues. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but anger is actually a secondary emotion. Mm-hmm. Fear is what's really behind it. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a, been a little boy all this time who's afraid and he doesn't want to get beat up and bullied and he's learned to survive in a very cruel world by acting first he's very reactive but he has massive wounds from his childhood right his dad growing up grew up in an abusive family who was very bullied and so that's where the enemy plants those lies Uh uh-huh and most of us have those limbic lives that we have right. to deal with. So in the Conquer series, we walk men through that process of what is the limbic lie in my, in my life? How do I access that? And then how do I change it in, in a way that I can start to learn God's truth over me? Wow.
That is so awesome. <laughs> and and it's so deep. I love that word, that limbic lie. Um, and I think even every woman can identify with that. Like the when you Absolutely. just have that rush of emotion and you're you're reacting out of fear or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and Absolutely. you know, and that the fear is behind the anger. And so then the um, the pornography is just a way to to medicate that. And so you are saying, we need to go back to find out what the root is. You got to go back to the root. You have to deal with that um, because otherwise you're just trying to build a foundation over this big root that's still in the ground. Yeah, yeah. And then, and it, well, and then I, I would think that like you, you continue to live out of that limbic lie Absolutely. and then you create more... Yep. Um, validation over like if you if if you were rejected by your dad and you have this limbic lie that all men are terrible or whatever then you you keep having that experience because of the way that you interact with them and yep. it creates stress in your life and then which leads to more pornography um Absolutely. well so here's my question for you how how do you find out what that limbic lie is? Because I would think that personally it would be hard to uncover why is it that I have this, you know, that I have this reaction and then and then what what is the truth? So how do you uncover what the truth is? Yeah, it's there's no cookie cutter approach to this. Mm-hmm. Um, when I started out, I wanted to create a one, two, three. Yes. Let's take these boxes yeah. off, yeah. and there we go. We check the boxes. Now we're all good, all set. And that doesn't exist. And this healing process for men, it's different for every guy out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it really is. They have to go on this. And I'm, I'm not trying to be cheesy, but they have to go on this journey of kind of discovering what has set them up. Why do they, most guys on the surface, they'll tell you that they have a a really high Mm self-esteem, which may be true, but that's much different than their God esteem. Yes. So self-esteem is how you see yourself, but God esteem is how you think God sees you. Wow. And their God esteem is really low. Yeah. And it's mainly from, father wounds mm-hmm. because if your earthly father father treated you like that you don't have a good perception of god your heavenly yeah. father yeah and so you take that and you you put it on your earth your heavenly father as well yeah yeah and um so it's yeah helping men access those wounds and and that's why accountability is so important mm-hmm. and that's one of the key things that uh you know, if you're going to get free from sexual bondage, accountability is crucial mm-hmm. because we're forgiven by confessing our sins to God, but we're healed by confessing our sins one to another. It says in James that five sixteen. So powerful. That is so yeah. powerful. What you just said, and you know, and I, I'm remembering 
a um, I had a set aside some time to talk to a, a young wife. They have young children, and she said, "You know, my husband is involved in this. I feel betrayed. I feel hurt." And and she said, "And Aline, I can't talk to anybody at church about it because I." And her husband came and confessed to her and said, "I've got a problem." And I want you to know that I'm going to try. You know, and I'm thinking about that cycle that you just talked uh-huh. about. And she feels hurt and betrayed, but she can't open up at her Bible women's Bible study because of the, you know, of the nature of it. Then, you know, she doesn't want to embarrass her husband. Her husband, you know, uh, he he's not getting help anywhere. Um, and but what you yeah. just said is. Like, that is like drop the mic. Like, we confess our <laughs> sins to God, but we confess our sins to one another because that outside perspective, you know, like my trigger isn't somebody else's trigger. And right. so they're going to be able to help me not only to see, but to hold me to that accountability. Um, yep. That is so powerful. So yeah, James 5.16 says, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. So the scripture is really clear in what we've got to do right. um, to get set free. Right. And that's just one of the things that, that you got to lean into in scripture. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so accountability. And I know I, I'm just thinking, I, I want to go ahead and just interject this too. You know, if if your husband is coming to you, like I I would be so mad. I would be like bitter. I'm telling you right now, I would be mad, mad, mad. But but when I listen to this, and and what that woman told me that has her husband's on victory through conquer is that understanding this principle about the brain, you know, was very helpful for her, and. It would take a lot of courage, but imagine like that first place of accountability if a wife can reach beyond her hurt and Mm -hmm. and see this as an opportunity um, to to actually help her husband. Um, So um, uh, I I don't know. I just thought about that. And I know you've got a series coming up on that to help women through the, the processing of this process to be that accountability um or or would you say you know wives are not the best accountability for men or or what would you say for that no i don't recommend that you have that you use your wife as accountability partner okay Um, i think that that men should um hold each other accountable because it's not fair to your wife to know the struggles that are going on in your brain now when you act out sexually yeah, she should know. You should you should uh, have to confess that. And and um, for a lot of guys, we've said that there needs to be some consequences in place, um, and they can agree together what they should be. Uh, but he's lived with this for a long time, and he's gotten away with it. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to start to renew the mind and to reframe that thinking, we change from consequences. And I know on the surface, it's like really what it, you know what are they going to do? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, there's some ideas we've presented um, to help guys get back into the right way of thinking Mm -hmm. so that they don't act out in that way anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's important that he understands the addictive cycle and that she understands that as well. Mm -hmm. So 
she's going to be absolutely traumatized when she finds out that he was watching pornography. Right. Now, most women know the truth. They just don't know the facts. Mm. So she mm. knows that something's going on. She just, just doesn't mm -hmm. know what's going on. Right. And um, there's going to be some severe fallout. So she needs help in dealing with that, that uh, pain of betrayal at the moment of that confession. So we have said that, you know, my, my suggestion is that guys just don't run out and confess to their wives, that they'd mm -hmm. get some support for her and for them before they do that. Because mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. a lot of times marriages just don't make it through it. Wow. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. how so? Um, so how would a man find that accountability? Like if he's you know inside of a church, he doesn't feel like he can um, he can talk about that. Does Conquer have um, mm -hmm. accountability groups, or what's the what yeah. do you suggest for that? Yeah, so we've got on our website conquerseries.com. Mm -hmm. um, we've got a, a church database there that you can find a church in your area. There's 40-something thousand churches now now that are using the Conquer series. Wow. And uh, we've got online groups free of charge. It doesn't cost you anything to go and join a group. Um, you'll need a study guide. I think it's, that, that's the only thing you'll have to buy. It's $15. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But get into a group and start that healing process, and your wife is going to need um support as well that's really crucial are there account that's awesome by the way that yeah, you thanks. provide that that is really really awesome and just being uh you know in ministry to women i'm so thankful to know about this and to you know to refer women out to that so that they can find that or their husbands can find that accountability um that's awesome that you guys are doing that that's Thanks beautiful. Yeah. yeah, that's beautiful. Thank um, you. What would you say to to a wife who her husband she's encountered that her husband has, um, you know, her husband's confessed to this or, or she's found out about that? What What are some things she can do initially? To initially, help? yeah, I think initially, um, she's got to get first aid, mm -hmm. and. Often what we see is the church will come in and, and um, give help to the man, and she's kind of left under the bus after this big accident. And, and yes. she just got ran over by a Mack truck. And, yes. Yes. You know. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, it's, and I, I don't mean to sound like I'm beating up on the church, because that's why we're doing this, because we love the church. Yes. We love the local church. Yeah. But we want to help the church in dealing with some of these really tough issues. Yeah. And um, she's got to get help because he can get better and she can lay, lay wounded and the marriage probably won't make it. Right. And so she has got to get help. And then you got to help the marriage. There's three parties here. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But I can, I can tell you just from my own journey in dealing with this and and overcoming the struggle was this wasn't anything that I was doing against my wife. And I know mm -hmm. when a man says that she, it just doesn't connect with her. Yeah. And that's why understanding the, the neurochemistry of addiction is really important. 
right. so that she can understand what, you know, why is this going on? Why is right. he doing this? Am I not good enough? Right. Um, you know, it, it, it's completely demoralizing and um, inhumane towards her in, in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. And from his perspective, he can't figure out, he can't, he can't connect with her pain. Mm-hmm. And so why, why can't he connect with her pain? Because this has been done in private for so many years. It was never about her and he doesn't see how it affects her. Uh-huh. And so even though he says he's sorry on the surface, he really can't deeply connect, empathetically connect with uh-huh. her. And so she doesn't feel validated and or probably hurt. She doesn't feel validated. Yeah. And, and you so know what go ahead. What we're trying to do is to help um, build uh, this emotional intelligence in the man mm-hmm. because it's just not there at 14, 13 years old, whatever age mm-hmm. he found pornography. Mm-hmm. He found a way to act out and make himself feel good. And emotionally he didn't grow up past that. Mm-hmm. So she married a 14 year old. Yeah. Who's still a 14 year old. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not to belittle him. That's just emotionally where he's at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so he's got to grow up mm-hmm. and, um, I know it sounds real rough, but that's that's the that's the state of these guys who are stuck in this area. They just haven't grown up. Right. They're dealing with pressure and, and pain in life in a yeah. very immature way. Yeah. And God wants to move them past that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I love that you say that it's a process and it's going to take time. Yeah. I, I think that in and of itself alone sets people free um, because— you know, we're, we're on this long journey of sanctification, and we all want a quick fix to, you know, to the issues that we face in life. But um, it's, it's just not that way. I mean, even, you know, when you look inside of the Bible, uh, for example, when God delivered the Israelites, he kept telling them to remember their deliverance, to remember it. And so we have to continue to... Um, that renewing of the mind, that learning a new way um, to not react out of that, um, the, those lies. You called it the mm-hmm. limb. Lim- tell me again, the limbic, limbic, limbic lie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think the hardest thing is defining what what is that limbic lie. Because if it's lodged there inside of that brain, then you know, how do you see it? Because that is your truth that you continue to react off of. Um, Mm -hmm. But the good news is, ladies, is that there is a series out there that can walk men through this. Um, And that is just an unbelievable gift. Um, I can't tell you how many women have called me about this um, and talked to me personally one-on-one or, you know, asked me to pray for them. Um, Even as early as yesterday morning, I got another message. Um, And so I know that the work that you're doing is is so powerful and so needed. Um, So thank you so much for that. And I want to ask another question because we also have a lot of mama bears uh, with ministering to women who have um, who have young boys or, or young girls, 
And um, it has also been made aware to us that I guess because of the accessibility of, of pornography that a lot of middle and high schoolers are struggling with this. Um, in fact, another one of my uh, friends in ministry, she has a different ministry for middle and high school girls. She called me and said that at their church camp or that, that, he, that they had, that they had the share time, and it was just one after another, after another, after another of middle and high school girls who were saying, I'm so ashamed. I do, you know, I, I do this all, I look at pornography all the time. I don't feel like I can tell my mom. Um, so how do you, as a, as a Christian parent, how do you handle this, this topic? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, first off, I, I would say that if you're handing your um, 10, 12, 15-year-old a laptop or an iPhone and sending them off to their bedroom with no accountability and you're closing the door and you're expecting because they're a good kid to make the right decision, you're really setting yourself up and and you're give, you're setting them off on a path that's very disadvantaged because we know from just studying the brain that the brain is not fully developed until it's 25 years old mm-hmm. and that part of the brain that is responsible for moral decisions your prefrontal cortex mm-hmm. that's not fully developed until you're 25 and that's right. why you can't rent a car until you're 25 right and so I would say, look, you're, you're not going to hand your child a loaded weapon and send them in your room, send them to their room. So don't give them a laptop or an iPhone or, you know, some device that's connected to the Internet without mm-hmm. you being able to see what they're doing on it and having been able to block all of the filthy content that can come through it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just don't allow them to have any access to it. Right. And it's possible. That's very doable. There's apps Mm -hmm. out there that will filter and block content Mm -hmm. into your home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And the other thing is that there's this big misconception that we have the talk with our children. Mm -hmm. Uh, We sit down this one time and we talk to them about the birds and the bees. And Mm -hmm. once we've done that, we've checked off, checked that off the list of our parental duties and life Mm -hmm. continues. But Mm -hmm. This is an ongoing discussion that we should have with our children from an early age. I've got a three-year-old and a Mm five-year-old, and I can talk to them in a language that they understand, not in a graphic language. I don't have to talk about pornography. They don't even know it exists. But I can talk about things that are appropriate and things that are not appropriate. Mm -hmm. And so you start to build those foundations at a young age, and even if you have teenagers and you've, you've never done that, they, they, you can talk about the things. I mean, they probably know more than you do at that age. Yeah. Uh, most kids have been exposed to pornography by the age of nine. And most uh, kids at 11 year, years old are starting to become addicted to pornography. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I would say go, go have a talk with them. God, I believe the Holy Spirit will lead you in what to say. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I would much rather have that conversation than allow the enemy, the enemy of their soul to have that first meeting 
with them. Right. And then never, you know, never address it or just say, you know, we saw this on your phone and then there's no follow-up from that. Absolutely. Um, and would yeah. you would you recommend that dads talk to boys and then moms talk to girls, to daughters? Uh, I, I think that's a great thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gender-related, uh, but I don't think it's it, there's anything wrong with dad talking to daughters as well. Right, right. Because they can set the standard in the family, and I think mom should talk to the boys as well. As, yeah. You know, so. Yeah, yeah. And, and talk around dinner the dinner table. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to be ashamed of. If you grew mm-hmm. up in the tip, typical Christian family back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, you probably didn't talk about sex because it right. was a very uncomfortable subject. But right. we live in a world now where we're inundated with those messages everywhere. Yeah. We broadcast TV and cable yeah. and the internet. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. got to talk about it. Right, right. That's such a great point. That's such a great point. Well, I um, I want to go ahead and wrap up today, and I um, I'm so thankful that you that there is this conquer series, so that our listeners can continue on the journey and find out more. Um, and I know that uh, I love your heart with the new series that you're creating for women. Um, that's yeah, amazing, so that they can deal with the the betrayal. Um, mm-hmm. that they've experienced from this. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, it's called From the Ashes, and it's a um, it's actually two different things. We shot a movie in Ireland last December, and it's going to come out in theaters at some point. And it's a story of betrayal um, and healing from betrayal. And we have a, a five-week course that goes with it as well, and that's to walk women through the uh, process of healing from betrayal. Is it so? It's kind of like the Cocker series, but it's for women. Gotcha. Healing from betrayal. Gotcha. That that is awesome. And so, if if women want to um, get connected with you to find out about when that's coming out, um, where should they go? Yeah. Thanks. It's uh, just go to kingdomworks.com. Okay. And we've got an email list on there. If you can't find it on the website, just contact us through our contact page. Okay. And um, you can sign up to that email list and and just stay up to date on the movie and in the series that's coming out with it. Okay. And and for our listeners, we will put that link in the podcast description so that it will be easy for you to to get connected uh, that way. Um I um so appreciate what what you've shared and 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 just to echo back um you know, and for every woman out there, it's not your fault that this happened. It's not your fault. It is the, um, it it is not your fault. And I think that's like one of the biggest points to be made and that the whole idea of that, um, that this is going to be a process and there's that lie lodged um, inside of a place inside of the brain that just reacts in survival mode. And uh, that perhaps the 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 breaking of this, if this has just recently happened to you, is really going to be the start of something really amazing um, and and a new beginning. But, and I would say the third thing is is that it, it's going to take time. It's going to take time um, to to walk through that. Um, and the good news is you have the conquer series. 
which gives the toolkit and gives the process. And I love, you know, when you're talking about this, I love that you say, you know, we're not just saying just pray for this or just renew your mind, but that practically working out that step-by-step of, of how you can actually um, find find victory in this. And that's that's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing. So yeah, I, love that. I love that. I love that. In closing today, is there anything else um, that you want to share or say on this topic um, before we close today? Yeah, I would just say to the women who are in this situation that uh, is really dark at the moment that it took me a long time to connect with my wife mm-hmm. and to empathize with her. And she showed a lot of grace, more grace than I could ever imagine. Yeah. And God was really good to me through this process. And, and, um, you know, I put in the hard work and, and I wanted to be free. Yeah. And if it weren't for her and the grace that she shown and um, kind of leading me, not leading me through the process, but just being with me on that journey. Uh, I don't know where I'd be today. Yeah. And so, you know, just just know that you're not alone. There's women out there all across the country that are going through the same thing, and they're experiencing the pain that you're, you're experiencing. And there is real hope and healing at the end, regardless if your husband decides that he wants to get better. If he wants to find freedom, yeah. it's possible. If he doesn't, yeah. that's not going to disrupt your path to healing. And right. So it's not your job to fix him. Um, the Holy Spirit will do that. Yeah. And so I would just say, stay, you know, get get in a group of other women who are dealing with this, and and that's uh, being led by a woman who's gone through the battle. Yeah. And she knows what it's like to come out the other end. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's great. That's great. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Thank you so much, Jeremy, for everything that you're doing and for your time and uh, for every woman, every woman listening out there today. Um, I mentioned this before, but the the way that I found out about the Conquer series was through talking with women whose husbands had experienced victory and are just singing the praises over this series. So I can't say enough about this resource. And I'm so thankful that we can now point women to this as uh, as a resource that can really help come alongside not just the man, um, but, but the woman in this process. And in our next podcast next week, you're going to hear the story of a woman whose husband was inside of this trap but found freedom, and part of his journey uh, was that Conquer series that was, and I know you've heard Jeremy say this, that it's the Lord that heals, but that the Conquer series is like that guide that can lead you along um, the, the pathway to do it. Jeremy, thank you so much for um, for just um, having the courage to share your story and to use um, what was a struggle in your life to now help many um, thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you for having me on the show. And, you know, it's easy to share that story when you're not dealing with that, you don't carry that shame anymore. Yeah. And I'm so more than happy to share my story when I know it can help a lot of other guys out there yeah. to find Amen. freedom as well. 
Amen. Amen. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thank you for taking the time. We so appreciate it. Guys, go to KingdomWorks.com. Check out the Conquer series. And remember, God can take this, what has been uh, traumatic and painful, and he can turn it for good. It might be a journey, a long journey, but with God, all things are possible. Thanks so much for listening in today, everybody, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.